coming straight at you. You know, day on shining star in the night. One day on I'm going straight to the top. One day on shining star in the night. Shining brighter than all the other ones. Right now, give me a enmity. Now, maybe it's time. Tonight, right now, give me a enmity. Right now, how steep I am. see it when you look out your window or when you turn on your television. You can feel it when you go to work, when you go to church, when you pay your taxes. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. You are a slave. Like everyone else, you were born into bondage, born into a prison that you cannot smell or taste or touch. A prison for your mind. Unfortunately, no one can be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. My eyes are red. I've been burning, I've been burning. Here's the reason why my eyes are red. I've been Alright, welcome to Magic and Hash. My name's Tim. You might know me from Aethercast. How can a woman turn you into a millionaire if you started as a billionaire? And joining us from Cast from Exile, who do we have? Howdy, homies and devout disciples. This is your gutter guru, Sid Swami, coming to you this week. Brought to you by our Sexy Beast Patreon subscribers over at patreon.com slash magic and hash. They have paid the money to where I was able to take some time off from my very busy schedule to come and put this great show out. So you have them to thank. And we do have one of those sexy beasts with us here, don't we, this week? Yes, but first... A man responsible for the the flower delivery van that's been parked outside my house for the last two weeks. The return of John Holland. 
yes, pay no attention to that van and uh, quit being such a cheap bastard and pay for your porn. I mean, how long does it take to deliver flowers, right? Fuck's sake. And also joining us, one of our favorite guests, a man responsible for helping many women reach climax over the radio just through the sound of his voice, Jason Roscoe. Shit's getting crazy. I'm fucking drunk. I love Roscoe. Kinda. Uh, Roscom, 90s like Blossom. I'd fuck sick, she's awesome. Whoa! Play possum. Was that Chris Hansen? Near miss, come get some. One of my cohorts, an aficionado of esports with a homemade militia of sorts. He'll make you dribble your shorts, run back to your fort to attempt a retort. Eventually coming up short, you're not a cancer, you're just a wart. Never soar, always fear. Jason Roscoe. And I'm back. What's up, fuckers? What's up, dude? You sexy beast. Oh, Ross. I'm so oh, happy that here. you're here. I know, man. I'm actually playing Magic again, too. Go figure, right? So this is really awkward, Jason, but we're actually not going to need you to be on the show anymore because John came back. But you can stay for the end of this episode. All right. Well, I'll talk to you guys later. It was fun. I paid my dues. Time after time. Now, you can stay until the end of this episode. <laughs> As Tim and said, no, is that I actually was playing in a modern tournament and it, it had like a thousand dollar prize pool and it was like a qualifier for something, but it was actually weird to be playing magic and having fun. That wow. is odd. That's unheard of. That it, It's even weirder that you were playing modern and having fun. Yeah. You know, I was kind of going into it just, I, I mean, I was kind of doing it, I wouldn't say as a favor, but like, you know, they needed people to do it. Now you come to me to say, I'm calling on to give me justice. You don't even think to call me Godfather. You said you'd come into my house on the day my daughter's to be married and you ask me to do murder. Money. I ask you for justice. That is not justice, your daughter is still alive. So I was happy to do it. I was expecting it to suck and to completely suck because that's all everybody's talking about, but it was so much better than playing standard. <laughs> Let's talk deck list. How many Eldrazi Displacers in the 75, John? Let's see. It was only five rounds, so I made it through four, and in those four rounds, two decks had Eldrazi Displacers in them. What were you playing? Uh, I was doing my usual janky white prison. Nice. Lock them down. Yeah, I didn't do too bad, but I didn't do I had like a draw in there, so that really kind of fucked it up, and then I lost to this really... Uh, stupid uh, green-red land destruction deck that was just retarded, and I lost to it like 1-2 uh, because you just got nuts draws on the second and third ones. Is that prison deck the Heliod deck that you used to play back in the day? Are you still rocking that Heliod uh, deck? Yeah, I'm still running that. It's got Heliod on there. I've, I've like made a whole shit ton of modifications just kind of as the meta goes, but you know, it's something that you know is kind of easy to play and it can do decently well against most things. More than importantly, it's fun to play and I enjoy playing it and that's what counts, right? Heliod makes clerics, right? 2-1 clerics or something? Uh, yeah, he makes 2-1 clerics that are also enchantments. So then when you've got out uh, Spear of Safety or uh, anything else that counts off enchantments, it's just money. Seems pretty good. I think we should address the elephant in the room, John. Um, we had an explosion a couple episodes back because of... Um, I was thirst trapping, but I 
I want to apologize because I found out that Veronica Wish is a fake account. Well, duh. Well, I, I accept your apology, and I also, too, apologize for overreacting because of your very blatant thirst, but um, I understand what being thirsty is like, and I should not have overreacted the way that I did. Obey your thirst, Sprite. Tim, you must be crushed to find out that that's a fake account. I mean, you literally had your entire life with her set out, man, and I'm really sorry that that happened to you, bro. It's all right. A lot of the stuff I had just put reserves on, like the, the wedding cake and the photographer and stuff like that, but I really... What really hurt is that I, I gave her my credit card numbers to get her son out of jail and to move out here, and whew, she did a number on those babies. Dude, don't you have like a $500 credit limit? Yeah, she spent like $300 at the grocery store. It was terrible. He or she, I don't know. But the video camera footage just showed a blob moving from aisle to aisle collecting goods. You know who I've seen before that much resembles a blob moving from aisle to aisle? John Holland. The truth will set you free. Just saying. Yeah, this is very true. Uh, Mostly because I'm wearing my uh, Grimace outfit when I go grocery shopping. (laughs) Grimace. I'm so confused right now. Who's that? Oh shit, we have Jason Roscom on the cast. Where you been, buddy? Yeah, you haven't heard episode 19 yet, that's why. You'll see, you'll see, it's all going down. Roscom, we're glad you're back, man. What the fuck have you been up to? Tell us about your show, man. You didn't really get too into detail on that last time we were here. Let's hear what's been going on with you. Well, uh, first of all, much like John, I've actually been playing a lot of Modern myself. I've been kind of slowly dipping my feet back into that magic pool. Oh, let's have a dip before I pick up the kids. I'm going to take a quick deuce and then put on your favorite bikini. This was a stupid impulse buy. Dip a toe. Who said that? Ain't nobody got to know. Just dip a toe. And I borrowed uh, Buddy's deck. Uh, He was playing Green White Tron. And I played that at a couple local tournaments. I actually ended up doing really well with it last week. And the um, deck is cool as fuck, isn't it? It kind of. I guess with the local meta game though, the white splash was really unnecessary because I didn't play against a lot of creature heavy decks. And what's funny is last week I played against that same red green land destruction deck you were talking about, John. Got my ass beat in game one, but I actually came back and won games two and three. So Tron against the land destruction deck normally just means you're done, but I somehow managed to eke it out. Granted, he got uh, a little screwed on his draws but i'll take it and with that i've actually started buying magic cards again i'm putting together a modern deck of my own right now i've got a little brew going on it's i should be unveiling it next week roscom's deck list is wider than your fist punch him in the neck unzip roscom and show him your deck so I'll let you guys know when that comes out. And besides that, I've actually been tapped to start writing again. I don't think I'm allowed to say anything yet, but it's not any of the major ones. It's not like fucking Star City or TCG or any of that. But I am going to start writing uh, magic articles again within the next two weeks. And beyond that, I'm still doing Project VCR. My movie review podcast. We also review old video games, talk about all kinds of pop culture stuff on there. So... Please go check that out, Project VCR, uh, on iTunes and any other podcast app. And then I did some Modern Masters drafts over the weekend, which I heard you guys might have as well. What did you uh, talk about on the last uh, episode of Project VCR? Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, Dream Warriors. One of the best movies in that series, if you ask me. Is that the one with the pizza? No, 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 that was Part 4, I think. Oh, uh, dude, yeah, that part- pizza is like one of the most gnarly things in any horror movie. <laughs> part three's the one with uh, Johnny Depp in it, right? Uh, Johnny Depp was in the original, part one. No, oh, God, I'm all fucked up. 
Love, that is a dinghy. My vessel is magnificent and fierce and huge ish. Yeah. Because there's like a whole bunch of people in part three that like went on to be famous, right? Eh, I think you might be thinking of a different one. Nobody from part three really went on to do much of anything. Well, except for Lawrence Fishburne. I imagine that right now you're feeling a bit like Alice. Tumbling down the rabbit hole. Hmm? No, I mean, I heard- part three is the one where, like, they kind of, like, you know, intentionally try to fight back against Freddy in the dreams and stuff, right? Right, yeah, it's where they all have their own special powers in their dreams. Good movie. I mean, I really enjoyed it, but, yeah, I don't think too many people went on to do much after that. Lucid dreaming. A lot of people went on to that after that movie. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, Patricia Arquette. What is it? Did you cry? What did I do? Did I do something? <sighs> she didn't do nothing. I have something I gotta tell you. Call girl. You're a whore? No, I'm a call girl, and there's a difference, you know. May I can't tell you how relieved I was when you took off your dress. You, you didn't have a dick. Stop being so fucking calm about all this. It was kind of big in that as well. So yeah. that was her. That was her first movie role, actually. Have you guys oh. ever tried to control your dreams? Like, if you can go over and turn off the light switch or some shit like that in your dream, then you know it's a dream because the lights and shit won't change in your dream or something. I don't know, but if you can basically realize it's a dream, then you can basically fly or do whatever. And I've only had like four orgies, but I mean. I sleep every night. That just seems like a lot of wasted time. Yeah, I'm always banging hot chicks in my dreams, and then I realize, oh, yeah, this is clearly just a dream, because there's no way this would happen in real life. So, Well, I'm one of those people where I always have, like, the same dreams over and over again. You know, not like back in high school or, you know, like, first day of college, and you don't know what your classes are or whatever. So, like, when I have those kind of dreams, like, usually I can be like, wait, what the fuck? I already graduated from high school. Did you, John? High school, how much do we really know about John Holland? But then I just kind of like go along with the dream, it's not like I can fly or anything. Nice. I uh, always have dreams of audacity screens, just editing clips and stuff. What does that mean about me? Spending too much time doing that, I think. Yeah, I don't have dreams because my life is so awesome that I just sleep when I sleep. <laughs> yeah. They also say that a lot of alcohol use and drug use will repress your dreams, Sid. Yeah, I mean, alcohol and drugs are bad, but you know what's good? Comet Cola. And that's uh, one of our sponsors that we have here. I'll tell you, man, whenever I drink Comet Cola, it's like life is a dream. Intercourse affirmative, Comet Cola. I could start flying around and shit. One time, I made a Pop-Tart talk when I was drinking Comet Cola. Really, it's a magical experience, and it'll bring more wonderment and enjoy to your life. So, uh, yeah, drink Comet Cola, send us them nuggets. Comet Cola, redefining the work week. Now, you can have two jobs, even three jobs, right on top of each other with Comet Cola, because you can sleep on the weekends or sleep when you're dead. Hey, speaking of Pop-Tarts. I'm moving my feet for a taste so neat. The Kellogg's Pop-Tart taste. Pop, 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 my feet and stop. Until they pop off nice and hot. Because they taste so good. I'm moving my feet to the Pop-Tarts. I'm moving real fast, but they sure won't last. Real food on the inside, pastry on the outside. Pop, pop, Pop-Tarts. I'm moving my feet to the Pop-Tarts feet. Because they taste so good. 
they're neato. So I've got this long-standing thing with my wife where I'm convinced there are certain flavors of Pop-Tarts that only poor people eat. And she says that's bullshit. And I am a big believer that, like, those nasty-ass, like, uh, cinnamon peanut butter ones are strictly for poor people. Mm. These are good, John. Cinnamon peanut butter? Right. And then they have cookie dough ones, and you're just like, what the fuck? Dude, yeah. watermelon Pop-Tarts are fire. Watermelon oh. Pop-Tarts are my jam. Part of this complete breakfast. There's some places around here, like, you know, bakeries and stuff, where they make, like, their own Pop-Tarts and come up with some wacky fucking flavors. And those are pretty good. Well, of course they'd have something like that in San Antonio. It's a city completely populated by fat asses. Their own flavors of Pop-Tarts? Like, what? That blows my yeah, mind. Yeah, like, like Chalupa and uh, Jalapeno Cheese and stuff like that. Real fruit fillings give Pop-Tarts an incredible taste. So hot, they're cool. Mexican flavors like fucking Chamoyada Pop-Tart. Big Red and Barbacoa Pop-Tart. <laughs> Have you guys ever noticed that Mexican candy is just the fucking worst? Like, do Mexican kids not have taste buds? Mmm, let me lick this fucking stick full of pepper. I don't know, man. Uh, there is some pretty good Mexican candy out there. I like the sweet stuff that has, like, chili powder on it. So you get, like, a sweet and spicy kind of thing. I used to work at this snow cone stand where people would get this shit called chamoy, and it would be red or green. And the red looked like fucking afterbirth. And the green looked like fucking exorcist puke. And they would be like, yeah, chop up some pickles and put it in there too, man. And I, I like tried it one time and it scarred me for life. I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, it's like nope. uh, the spiced jelly beans. Who, who buys those? Well, my thing with like Mexican candy is, you know how here in the United States, like your candy is fucking wrapped up just like you were buying, you know, NyQuil or something. NyQuil, the most unique nighttime colds medication ever developed by Vicks. Right. Mexican candy, that shit looks like it was hand-wrapped by the Tylenol killer. Tylenol. Like, there is no fucking consumer safety on that stuff whatsoever. So I think that, like, every single piece of it got smuggled in somebody's ass across the border. That candy where the paint has come off the wrapper and it's, like, all over the candy, and you're like, that's fucking terrible. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> John, I need you to go to that Alamo place over there on Fredericksburg Road and get me some of those Lucas belts. Shout out to that Almo place, the best Lucas belts around. I'm going to introduce those to the general population here in Virginia, and we're going to be able to print money. We are slightly off topic, but we did play Modern Masters 2017. Does anyone want to talk about the decks they built? Oh, shit. Nice segue, bro. First of all, I want to say, I don't know if uh, you guys get the same feeling, but this feels a lot like back where you could just draft five-color nonsense because we've got all of the guild gates, a crap load of multicolor cards. So what I ended up drafting was I went Abzan Red because I was playing Augur Spree and uh, what the hell was it? The one that deals five damage split between any number of creatures and players. Fiery Justice. Yeah, they yeah. They gain five life. Yeah, yeah. So I was playing those. Kind of, uh, I guess it's... It's got a white weenie shell. And then I added a lot of removal spells, vampire nighthawk, and then a bunch of white weenie stuff. 
some lingering souls, bunch of removal. It ended up doing really well for me. The only loss that I had in the tournament that I played in was to a blue-white token populate deck. It was, they get this card that's six mana. He's a 1-1 guy who creates a 4-4 angel token when he comes into play. Yeah, his name's Herbis Protector. And they basically abuse him by blinking him or populating the token. Uh, it was a fucking nightmare. But other than that, I did really well with my Abzan Red deck. I got great value at Burden Catacomb and Abrupt Decay in the third pack. Psychonic Rift, so I got a foil of that. So I got my value just in the, the cards for my entry fee. And then I got prize packs on top of that. I got another Burden Catacomb and another Abrupt Decay. Sounds like you had a profitable weekend, Roscom. I expect it to be like cons of Tarkir where you take a lot of fixing in the first pack and then you get a lot of those uncommon bombs later on in the packs and that normally you wouldn't get but it seemed like everyone was taking multiple colored cards so the shaft at the end of the last couple packs weren't the killer bombs or uncommons but I was getting pretty much all the uh, commons that built my deck so I got four goblin electromancers three auger bolus to just search up more spells and then I had like counter spell like rewind which I was ended up casting for two a lot of the time and then untapping four lands. And then I had a blue, blue, four opportunity draw four cards. That card was a bomb for two, three, or even four mana. Just being able to lower the cost of my spells, and it just made it super broken. Like I had Cyclonic Rift, and I was overloading it for like three or four, bouncing all their shit, and then just finishing them off with my Goblin Elect Mentors. I had uh, Dyna Charges, so I was overloading that for one red. I was just like, blam, plus two, plus so, and everything. And I had Call of the Herd, a spell where I could create a three-three beast for three mana, and then I can I can flash it back for four mana. So it was usually like green, make a three three, green, flash back, make another three three. It was pretty disgusting. But I lost a mana screw in the final round, but I went two and one, and I got two Modern Masters 2017 packs for prize support. So fucking yeah. Opened a uh, foil Domery and a voice in one pack, but that was kind of the best stuff I got. Nice. So you know who was my MVP in my draft too? I didn't mention this before. Death Hood Cobra. That guy was a beast all day for me. Card. Yeah, I had two of him in my deck too, and it was Ah, oh, it was the shit. It was amazing. Yeah, I gotta say that like the common uncommon power level in this set is just off the freaking charts. I mean, you know, there's sometimes where you're even you know pulling commons before you're gonna be pulling uh, some of the rares that come around if you're drafting in colors. Yeah, I agree with you guys. This set was definitely like a big multicolor set, so that's why I drafted mono red and <laughs> I just fucking slaughtered people. It was stupid. I wasn't intending to go mono red. I, I wanted to go multicolor, but it just just kind of ended up that way and i was like pack one pick one i got bonfire of the damned i'm like oh this is a bomb like i'm windmilling this shit so i slammed that and then somebody shipped me a foil boros reckoner and i'm like well boros reckoner is pretty dope too man so i think i got something going on here maybe i'll be naya or maybe I'll just be like, you know, something I'll see. I took some lands early on because like after that in pack one, I was just kind of like, oh, I'm going to take some lands. But then I just started getting insane red card after insane red card. Did you know that Burning Tree Emissary is a common now? That's stupid. So I played mono red with like a green splash that was basically free because I had five Burning Tree Emissaries and like a Gruel Guild Gate. I played like one forest, you know, which I drew every freaking time and didn't need it ever but i splashed gore clan rampager 
and I also got a hold of a Flint Hoof Boar. Dude, I just 2-0'd every single game. I even played people that I wasn't paired against and just 2-0'd them too. So, yeah. Mono Red's pretty good. A lot of people were passing red cards in my draft or a lot of Izzet cards. It was like, if you're going to leave it open like that, Flammer's going to flame, dude. I was getting like wheel pick Chandra's Outrage. I'm like, have you read this card? Oh my God. You motherfuckers are just passing me this shit like ninth, 10th pick? Okay. And I, I mean, I wanted to play another color but i just got bomb ass red card after red card after the first like few picks i like tried to get some fix in early but those were just wasted picks and i ended up getting two goblin guides rough dude i was just people were so pissed too just because i'd kill them i'm like turn five or six these signets really help though too that's sweet that they put those back in your ramp so i mean i could play some big spells dude people know. played signets against me and every time they played a signet they died just like you you should have played a blocker on turn two. I just killed you. I just housed you. I don't think that this set, like, it looks multicolored, but I think it's a trap, dude. I think if you play a two-color deck, you, like Roscom said, he played, like, a sweet deck and then got housed by just a blue-white deck. Yep. So I think if you just play, like, a monocolor or two-color deck, you're just going to house people in this format. They're spending their early turns on land fixing. It's just like, I'm attacking you with a goblin guy. And I just played a burning tree emissary flint hook for and you played turn two Signet. Okay, well, you're just dead now, right? One combo that almost fucked me over in an early round, Vithian Stinger and Basilisk Caller. So he would just put the Caller on the, the Stinger and he would just keep pinging my guys and just killing him because it gives him Death Touch and Lifelink. And that almost fucked me over. Thankfully, I pulled my Putrefy because I was playing that in my deck and I was able to kill the Basilisk Caller, but he almost got me just for that combo alone. Yeah, my opponent tried that. I was aware of it though. I had Is It Charm, I was like, pow. Get your bitch. Nice. Well, and this kind of brings up an interesting point, which is how long do you think that people are going to be drafting this set? I mean, is it going to kind of be like Eternal Masters where it's all gone in one weekend, or do you think this has got some legs? I hope not. Just this whole set looks so fun to draft, and I want to do it again. The price, obviously, is the thing that's keeping me from just doing multiple drafts over and over again. It was incredibly enjoyable. It's coming out on MTGO, and then you should be able to do phantom drafts for 10 bucks. and if you win two of your three matches, then you get 100 play points to do it again. So you'll be able to just do the reps if you're if you're drafting good decks. See, the problem with that is MTGO is fucking AIDS. It's not even HIV positive. It's full-blown AIDS. That's, uh, I'll never do Magic Online again. Sorry. Well, I gotta say, like, they've been doing that, what is it, Modern Cube? And I have been having a fucking blast with that, mostly because people are idiots and don't realize that you're not drafting against other people in the pool. You know, you're drafting for your own deck. So uh, I've been having a really good time with that. Well, and my problem isn't with the games that they offer. It's the other people in Magic Online. I just get so sick of their just vitriol and just their cancerous, you know, comments that they make. And I've been playing that oh, modern yeah. cube lately too, John. It's great. The thing is, the first few of them, I kept taking a lot of planeswalkers and creatures, and I'm just like, God, there's so many bombs. But you really have to value removal because if they land something that you just can't deal with, you just lose the game in two turns. So you have to have removal first, and then planeswalkers or whatever. I mean, you're building like a mid-range deck. You can't have too many creatures or bullshit. People are falling into that trap. It's hard to pass an Elish Norn when you're splashing white. You're like, oh, but I could, you know. Yeah, I don't think Elish Norn is a splashable card at all, actually. <laughs> right. But you see it, you're like, oh, come on. There is traps like that, though, because you're like, this this is such a bomb in the set that it's out in, you know? But it's like, well, here, I mean, you just can't deal with the resolved 
Elspeth. So what are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. Well, speaking of this new set, have you guys seen the card in Espanol that was originally pulled over there that is allegedly a leak of Amonkhet? Yeah, they're going to have like... uh, dual cards again it's kind of hard to tell i mean it looks so fucking retarded that it could only be from wizards like nobody with a brain could come up with something this dumb what would you do with a brain if you had one do why if i had a brain i could i could while away the hours conferring with the flowers consulting with the rain but what it is is it's essentially a card with flashback Except it's physically printed in a way that describes flashback, I guess? We've introduced a new element to competitive players. Now we have put cards that you have to turn your head to read. You'll really be able to tell what your opponent has in their head, depending on how they look at the board and which direction they tilt their head. We didn't want to bring back flashback, so we brought back Bring Back Again. It's a new mechanic where you exile the card out of your graveyard and you get the ability again. We were hearing from a lot of players who were a little light in the loafers about how they would have to correct their head tilting in their list to read a card. So we made a bunch of them just for that. <laughs> I didn't realize I was at the Carnegie Deli. What's going on here? With the popularity of the uh, Crystal Brand deck reusing the and the expertise is reusing the dual cards, we're going to bring them back, give them more chances to use their expertise from this set. Selling packs, way to go! You see, this idea occurred to me on the drive to work, because I was looking at a card and had to turn left. And I thought, boy, what if I had a card in my hand, and when I turned my steering wheel to the left, I could still read it? Genius, Morrow. <laughs> You're a genius. <laughs> Dude, I'm so glad that Mark Rosewater knows, you know, what we really want out of our magic cards. Okay, so I actually have looked at this card, and it seems just shitty enough to be real. What does it do, Sid? I don't remember what it does entirely, but I know that the side that you cast is like five mana to destroy all creatures of power three or greater, and that seems pretty horrible. What it it does is, you know, you've got your first one, two white white, destroy all creatures with power four or greater three, and then there's a mechanic called Aftermath, where you can cast it only from your graveyard and exile it. Print it sideways and it costs exactly one more, just kind of exactly like flashback. Seems pretty good. I like that mechanics. So. I don't like that card though, man. Like you only get to destroy things with power three or greater. Well, like, no, the, the second half of it is you return all creatures with power less than or equal to two from the graveyard to your hand. But I mean, I don't think the card's important. I think that it's the visual representation of a mechanic that was already printed, but we came up with a new name for it. Cough, cough. <laughs> affinity that's uh, kind of interesting is Liliana still gonna be around like when when this card comes out because that just loses to Liliana straight up right well the thing is when some people exile the card out of their graveyard they turn it sideways so now you'll be able to read what they did when they exiled it plus good point is this kind of their way to fix dual cards because with the expertises you get both halves of the cards when you when you get a cast it off of some like brain in the jar whereas this way it's in the graveyard so you have to basically do the second half some other way. Well, I, I think that this is actually uh, a very shitty attempt at making the uh, combiner cards 
at making them single-sided so you don't have all the problems that come with dual faith cards. <laughs> People had to buy clear sleeves and then put it in other sleeves and then all sorts of sleeves. But people love hairy monsters. If you bituminous blast a creature, of course, with power three or less, then and you cascade into this, do you then get to destroy all the other creatures with three or more? And then also get your creatures back to your hand? I think you just get the first half. It's got to have that resolve, and then it's got to be in the graveyard for you to cast the second half. I don't know if either half is great in, like, older formats. Like, I was thinking, oh, return a bunch of your, like, shit in older formats, or even, like, a Death Shadow, because it's a 0-0 in your graveyard. But essentially, it's so expensive to do that, it's not worth it. This card sucks, man. Why are we still talking about it? So, what's next on the docket, Sid? Fuck the docket, man. Ah, shit. You know what's dope? Is I've been getting my ass in the best shape of my life. I'm getting ready for GP Vegas. I'm gonna have my beach bod ready, and I only have one man to thank, and that's my Uncle Terry. And you too can be a part of the craze that is Uncle Terry Yoga. For only $49.99, we will send you a VHS tape with workouts that will shred your nards. Blast your core, bubble your butt, and you're just gonna be looking dead sexy. I'm gonna be poolside, all oiled up, getting mad pussy at GP Vegas that I still need money to get to because I spent all my money on Uncle Terry yoga DVDs. I mean, VHSs. Uncle Terry's yoga classes starting now. It is more advanced than Bikram yoga. It is 200 degrees. It's basically like you're doing yoga in an oven. And it's 48 hours with no breaks in between. But that's the beginner's course. Come come on in for the advanced course. It's a 74-hour extravaganza where we bump it up to 220 degrees. And trust me, you are going to be slightly thinner than when you started. And the best part of it is, is that if you don't have a lot of space, uh, all these exercises are designed to be done inside of a van. Damn, that flower van is still here. Uncle Terry Yoga was developed in the maximum security prison system in the state of Texas. Yeehaw! One of the most gnarly prison systems of all time. This ain't your mama's yoga, boy. No air conditioning, very limited space, and the possibility of getting raped at any moment. So what more could you need to get in the best shape of your life? So hit us up today. Clothing optional. The hand dryer's for the hands, guys. Thanks. Did Uncle Terry develop this as like a defensive measure, you know, kind of like a cobra, like he'd be there with his asshole showing up so that when someone would try to come to rape him, they'd see it and just be so turned off that they'd run away? He needed something for Sid's cousin Sod to do. And he's like, he's really into like meditation and stuff like Sid is, but now he's into yoga. So go on down to Uncle Terry. You can see Sod down there and he's, he's running classes. Grandpa Dan too. Grandpa Dan's at the front desk. We've been having fun playing modern, I guess, like all four of us have. And I think that some people aren't because there was no banner restricted list changes and people seem pretty furious about it they wanted their blood braid elves back they wanted to play with jace the mind sculptor in modern i mean 
Is anybody else salty about this ban and restricted list? Because I think it's great, man. Not a bit. Now, I've been out of it for so long. I mean, I've heard people bitching about Modern, but the last couple of weeks that I've been playing it, it's been fine, at least on the local level. Everybody's playing decent decks. I've only seen one or two people playing Goryeo's Vengeance decks, which I know a lot of people are salty about that one. What you talking about, <laughs> No, nah, nothing for me. If anything, I would like to see Mind Sculptor unbanned eventually, just to see how it looks in the format. But otherwise, I'm good. See, I was a little nervous. I have a uh, Marty vehicles built. So like it was like 1230 Sunday night. And I was just like, I wonder if I just flash sell these on eBay right now. I just need to like, am I going to lose $80 tomorrow? Nothing got banned. So I mean, fucking A. I mean, I think that no new bans or restrictions is uh, pretty good. They do need to start loosening up on the list right now, but it's the cards that people want back. That's fucking stupid. Like Jace, the mind sculptor, is it would just absolutely dominate modern like that card does things that no other card can do in modern like the brainstorm effect if you can combine the brainstorm effect with fetch lands you're getting a shitload of virtual card advantage off of that man you're playing it with shit like thought nobody wants jace the mind sculptor in modern and then people want blood braid elf back i remember when blood braid elf was in modern that shit was not fun when they just get a three two haste creature with like the most crucial abrupt decay that just like like completely ruins your lead or Liliana to fucking eat your last creature and they just swing in and house you like how is that like how are these the cards that people want back why wouldn't people want back stuff that we know was in modern and was fun to play with like I think birthing pod is honestly a good candidate to be unbanned because birthing pod was fun dude like I know that the Malira pod combo was kind of oppressive, but I feel like technology has come out now um, in recent sets that might have been able to put that in check. I agree. I don't know if birthing pod would be the best, but I think there are other cards that we could bring back instead of the most broken shit ever because I would hate... I think Jund has a pretty high presence right now in modern, and if you basically... un band blood braid elf that's gonna make that deck insane <laughs> those cards are gonna go up in value and it's just gonna be hard as fuck to to do that i don't think dredge was super terrible but i mean i guess it warped it enough where they felt like since everyone has to have four or five sideboard cards for it let's get rid of it again but i don't know i think they're not giving the people enough credit to like hate out decks and I personally think there could still be an argument to be made for unbanning Mind Sculptor. I, I understand what you're saying, Sid, but at the same time, I don't think we've ever had him legal and modern because I think he was banned right from the get-go, if I'm not mistaken. And, I mean, what decks really care about him? I mean, does Infect care about Jace the Mind Sculptor? Probably not. Do the Goryeo's Vengeance decks care about Mind Sculptor? What about Burn? I mean, do any of those decks really give a shit if you're dropping a Planeswalker on turn four? Hopefully they've well, killed you by then. See, and I agree with Jason, because, like, if Jace comes back, I mean, there's, of course, going to be this gigantic surge, but there are so many ways to deal with Planeswalkers since he's been printed, and there's already enough Planeswalker hate in Modern to deal with Elspeths and things like that, that, um, you know, I just don't see it as being the threat that it once was, because there's so many ways to deal with it, unlike Bloodbraid Elf, where, I mean, you know, there's just fucking nothing you can do. Are you guys fucking high? What is, have you been smoking crack and not sharing? You okay? There has never been a brainstorm effect in modern, and there's a good reason for that. There's a reason why brainstorm is fucking restricted in vintage. 
There's a reason why Brainstorm hasn't been reprinted since fucking Mercadian Masks was the last printing of it. Putting that effect in the format with Fetchlands, even at sorcery speed, creates such a source of virtual card advantage where you get to shuffle away crap and draw into money that it'll be so format warping that you'll be calling for Jace the Mind Sculptor to be banned at the very next ban and restricted announcement. I don't know, man. I, I still feel like there's so many decks that would love, absolutely love to see you tap out on turn four, drop Jace the Mind Sculptor, do your little brainstormy effects, and then just beat the shit out of you the next turn. Like when I was playing Tron, like, okay, I just won't do anything. Drop your Jace on turn four, and then once you're tapped out, okay, here's Karn or Ugin or something else ridiculous, and now I kill you and fuck your Jace. Dude, Jace decks are going to be playing Inquisitions of Kozilek, Thought Seizes. You're not going to have a hand by turn four. I'm telling you right now, he's the perfect card to pair with shit like that because there's nothing worse than drawing a late game uh, Thought Seize when you can't do nothing to fucking strip anything from your opponent's hand. They're a hellbent. But with Jace, you're able to put that freaking Thought Seize right back on top of your deck and shuffle it away get something new get something better and no one is gonna run out there chase the mind sculptor and not leave a fucking mana leak or a swan song or something open to counter your foil to jace the mind sculptor like people know how so, to play magic bro so you're totally saying that like you have to wait until turn five to drop jace like Bluetron? Bluetron probably would play Jace, yeah. They're going to be like completely new deck. They're not going to use it in the existing decks because, like, what do you start taking out? I mean, you run into that problem, like, to make Jace worth it. You know, it's going to be completely new decks that are just like Sid says. They're based on freaking getting rid of your hand and having nothing in your hand while you do whatever else it is that you're trying to do. But It'll be Esper, blue-black control, probably. Uh, Esper... Grixis, like any of that stuff. As long as you can play your strip cards like Thoughtseize Inquisition and Jace the Mind Sculptor, like that is the shell of the deck. And Fetchlands. You have to have Fetchlands. So you probably will want to play three colors for more fetches. Like it gets less and less reasonable for him to stay banned. Because now you can't drop him until turn five and you have to be playing three colors. You don't have to. The thing is you're controlling. So you might play him like turn eight, turn nine or whatever, but once he's down and your opponent doesn't have any cards in their hand then you're like i just win the game now yeah now correct me if i'm wrong but kind of since i took my hiatus from magic are they not doing a banned and restricted update every six weeks now is that the way that this is going i think it's twice a set right which yeah. you know sets are normally three months apart so yeah that would be about six weeks so What's to stop them from saying, hey, all right, we're going to unban Jace. Just, like, be upfront about it. We're going to unban him and see how it goes. Don't get too excited. Don't go buying these out like it's the next big thing because this is only a trial run, and we may reban him six weeks from now, but we just want to see what happens with the format. I mean, would that really be a bad thing? It wouldn't be a bad thing, but it would probably ruin Modern for some people, but everybody's always having Modern ruin for them, and it sucks, dude. If Wizards <laughs> trusted their players, it wouldn't be a bad thing, but Wizards fucking hates players, so they will never right. do something like that. Do you think Splinter Twin was terrible? I mean, do you think that needed No, I No, I don't think fair. so at all, actually. I, thought it was I think fair. it was... Yeah, I thought I hated it the first year or two that I played against it, that I was really into modern. But then once you really learn how it works and you know how to play against it, it's fine. It's I never had an issue with it. Yeah, I've said it before. I'll say it again. They missed the boat. They shouldn't have banned Twin. They should have banned Seaver. Oh, there you go. 
Why? You just force him to run that green, blue, do 3 3 that untaps him. Well, the, the problem with it was, is like, you know, if they flash in the deceiver and you've got one mana open, then you don't have one mana open to deal with it, you know, and it just goes off. So, you know, that was the only times where I felt the deck was unfair. But, uh, well, you know, I don't green... think Twin was the problem. Yeah. And Bounding Crisis is a one green, blue, 3 3 with flash. When it enters the battlefield, it can tap or untap target creature. They, people were running Teamer Twin for a while, and they were running Tarmogoyfs in that Flash 3-3. Three, three. Yeah, but the big thing about Deceiver is he had four toughness, right? So he dodged Lightning Bolt. Yeah. Yeah, that that was huge. So I can certainly see banning him to make the deck more fair. Give him a couple more answers for it, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. And the fact that he had Flash. I mean, like, Deceiver really has a lot going on. He still sees some play in some modern decks, but... Not any good ones. It's like Tiki Jiki type. Pestermite has flash. I thought it was this uh, sorcery card. No, no, no. He definitely does. Yeah, because oh, he was. Uh, but you can get rid of a Pestermite. Two one. Yeah, flying. They still have eight other ways they could fuck with it. I think we bring that back. I don't. I don't know if Deceiver Exarchs really. I don't think the deck was anything needs to be banned out of it really. So. Yeah, and you know, Fatal Push I think could really kind of equalize that deck as well because Fatal Push is. Uh, apparently pretty good. Yeah, but once again, you run into the whole, like, if they flash in Deceiver at the end of your turn and then tap down your you know, remaining Swamp, then, you know, no Fatal Push for you. Or, I mean, you just you just float the mana in response, and then, all right, he resolves, and now I'll use that black mana I floated to Fatal Push him. Yeah. You have to do a fetch land into it, because otherwise you can only do convert a mana cost to push. You know, another one I think they jumped the gun on was probably a Treasure Cruise and Dig Through Time. Given that yeah. they are powerful <laughs> cards and probably needed to be banned eventually. They got banned literally the fucking first ban and restricted announcement after cons came out. They were just like, no, this can't be in modern. It's too good. Also, it's restricted and vintage. All right, so now I think you're the one smoking crack, all right? That's no fucking way they need to leave Treasure Cruise in there. That card is way too good. Yeah, the thing they fuck with that is that they made Treasure Cruise a common, so there are way too many printed of them. I mean, that thing has probably got rare mythic rare power on it, and if they had printed it at that with that much fewer cards out there, it wouldn't be a problem. Dig Through Time wasn't as bad, but, I mean, you get card selection over card advantage. I think that might still be doable. I don't know if Delver decks really could be viable with something like Dig Through Time instead of Treasure Cruise. Well, look, if you heard the Cast from Exile episode that we did after it got banned, I absolutely agree that it should have been banned. But I was just surprised that they did it so fast. It, it was literally just months after the card came out. Like, I was playing Modern at the time, and it was very powerful, but it wasn't format warping. Not everybody was on Delver, as far as I know. Like, people were still playing a variety of stuff. Like, Twin was around back then. Tron's always been a thing, and Jund. But they were, like, quick to ban that from Modern. And it's never coming back, ever, ever. Do you guys think that Modern's unhealthy enough where it would even need a banning? I mean, there's a lot of decks right now that could do well. I mean... There's so many decks that it's really hard to play and do well at a tournament because you only have 15 card sideboard. So could they make modern better by allowing 20 card sideboards? No. Yeah, I don't like that idea. I mean, part of the problem with that is, uh, you know, people are so 
obsessed with the meta when they create their sideboards that they don't worry about the entire game. So they go with very specific answers for very specific cards instead of, uh, you know, more global things like uh, engineered explosives or ratchet bomb or, you know, pithing needle or something that can work well against pretty much any deck, but they're just, you know, completely obsessed with that one matchup they don't do well against. I think standard. It's tough because there's so many cards that you could play in standard, so many cool decks, but it's hated out by these two fucking powerful decks that they find super quick. They need to actively ban shit out of standard just to mix things up because even... How about not put broken shit in standard in the first place? Or maybe actually playtest with people other than the ones giving Mark Rosewater a handy underneath the card table. Well, that's a lot of people though, John. You're really lowering the, the pool on that one. Very busy dick. I would love to play like a mono green strategy in standard or a white weenie strategy or whatever just just to do something fun or different. But these two decks that are super powerful hate out that shit. So I have to well, basically okay. buy these decks. If yeah, I want to that's the problem is that you can play that deck. You can create that deck and you can bring it to FNM and you're going to get your ass stomped every single time by these other decks that are dominating meta. And that's not fun. So, I mean, you know, I'm not exactly sure what the answer is other than don't allow for these freaking format warping decks to be created in standard. Ever thought that maybe it's not Wizards' fault? It's the fucking player's fault. Like, why are you bringing the fucking top eight deck to FNM, bro? What are you trying to prove? It's really not that fun to just... I mean, in limited, okay, yes, well, but well, in constructed, I like a little give and take, man. I like to feel like I'm a little on the road Okay, sometimes. well, that's Wizards' fault, too, because they've created this whole... Uh, system where the way that you get to the Pro Tour is you grind the ever-living shit out of local events to get the points. So, you know, of course people who have the delusion that they're going to go pro are going to bring the best decks that they can to the weakest events that they can to get the most points that they can. You're doing it wrong because you're not getting a lot of points by fucking winning FNM. You're getting a lot of points by, you know, driving out of town and doing a 5k and winning shit yeah, like that. But one of those doesn't happen every weekend, you know? You know, the grinders, they're going to go and they're going to use FNMs and that other stuff as, you know, practice for that stuff, and they're going to get the points for it, too, because they need everyone they can get. There's other factors at, at stake here, too, guys. I just want to be cool. I want to be the coolest guy in my shop, and I want to win. So <laughs> Well, playing the top eight deck does not make you the coolest guy in the shop. Take it from the coolest guy in every shop that I've ever walked <laughs> into. I don't have to fucking go in there with my top eight deck. Like, I admit, in MTGO, I was playing the best deck, but I felt like that's what I needed to do in order to succeed and have fun. And I did, after a fashion, I suppose, as much fun as you can have playing MTGO. But when I went to FNM, I had that as a way to express myself creatively by bringing the craziest deck. Like, I'll never forget one of my favorite FNM decks of all time was a freaking artifact deck that was built mostly around volatile rig plus shrapnel blast and that's just like all the deck did really did you play scuttling doom engine in that deck i did have scuttling doom engines in that deck yes i think the major problem here is the fact that we're talking about two different things the the main thing that we started on was uh, wizards letting the format get to this point where it's only the two decks because this whole future future league that they have is fucking bullshit and i've noticed that 
over the last few years. They they're hiring all these pros or these wannabe pros into these positions to to test these sets they're developing, and evidently they're not doing a good fucking job because they're just printing the most broken cards and they're just making standard not fun at all. Which standard used to be their premier format, but now from what I can tell, at least from a local level, nobody wants to play it anymore. Now the thing that you're talking about, Sid, is the whole do you bring a tier one deck to FNM or not? That's a whole separate argument that I've had uh, before, and which I, I kind of agree with you, Sid. You don't need to bring a tier one deck to FNM because it's just fucking FNM. Just go and have fun. All right, you guys, you're both wrong. You must crush everyone around you at all times. But aside from that, there's several things at play with the Future Future League. All right, they don't have the internet. They don't have. MTGO grinding thousands and thousands of games and people waking up and seeing the top decks every day. They don't have all this information and everything's condensed down into the best decks very fast. Whereas they're testing and if they put it out to too many people, then they're ruining their set. So it's basically like they could be geniuses. But they can't be hundred thousand people and computers and oh, that's oh sure. And but I think that's also the fault of Wizards because I think their philosophy is oh yeah we hire all these pro players and they'll you know they'll test out all these sets and they'll let us know if we're printing broken cards and then when they don't tell them that you know this card is fucking retarded and you need to get rid of it or change it then was is like, okay, set's good, let's release it. I would agree with you, Tim, aside from the fact that shit like, you know, a planeswalker with an uncommon that goes infinite somehow slips past these, you know, geniuses of magic. So, you know, I can't exactly subscribe to the idea that, like, oh, well, it's because they don't have computers and, like, IBM fucking figuring out the best things. I mean, come on. The shit's printed right on the cards. Do you think this has anything to do with the fact that weed is legal in Seattle now? <laughs> Well, do you think they tested for standard and they said, okay, well, there's a healthy aggro deck, there's a healthy this deck, and then let's throw a combo deck in there and see how they do. And it obviously didn't do well because people have to tune their decks and play the deck completely different because they, the other person could combo off the next turn. They have to leave up removal. It's terrible, you know? So you almost have to play it blindly and be like, if they don't have it, I just beat them. Well, okay, once again, that would be a good argument, except that they put out the edict that there's not going to be answers in standard. Like, they flat out said that, you know, we don't want... Uh, you know, things like Lightning Bolt and some of the counters that have been in there and we don't want marquee cards like Thoughtseize because they've said that that was a total mistake. So things that could actually help with this, they flat out said, no, we're not doing it. Dude, I hate being Thoughtseized. I especially hate getting Thoughtseized after I keep a bad hand. It's kind of like when I was a fat kid and like having to take my clothes off in the locker room. I'm just like, no, don't look at my bad hand. Alright, son, I'm gonna need those two hams back. I don't have any hams. Lift up your shirt, son. I need an adult! I need an adult! You're not a shoplifter. You're just a fat kid. <laughs> Sorry about that, fatty, fat, fatty. Hey, Tom, he's just a fat kid! Aren't you fatty? You're just a big old fat kid. Here's some chocolate, fat toe. Thanks! I was gonna bluff you this game. <laughs> what if they reprint, like, Pithy Needle, or, like, the squishier Phyrexian Revoker? So, they, you have an answer to shut down Sahili's activated abilities, but it could still be killed. Yeah. You probably just cast Fragmentize on that pretty easily for one mana and then probably play something else they could probably well, very, uh... fragmentize and then play sahelia <laughs> the same turn no problem in a very passive aggressive post on tumblr Morrow said that he is no longer entertaining questions that ask things like, is Pithy Needle too powerful for standard? You're supposed to refer those to the designer Tumblr, and they do not answer their Tumblr, so. Damn, John's always got the... 
top news on Morrow's Tumblr. He's got his finger on the pulse of the Tumblr verse. You see, what it is, is before I go out for my little fat boy two uh, mile walk every day, nothing moves the blob. I look at Tumblr just for a little bit of rage to get me motivated. You kind of stuttered when you said two mile walk. Is was, was that a lie, John? It's 1.8. See? All right. We want the facts for our audience here. Jason Roscom, you're a, a health fitness guru, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm considering converting to homosexuality, and apparently you have to be in good shape and be able to wear, like, nice, tight clothes. Nice. So, yeah, that's not that's if what you're I'm rich. For. That's true. And also, pro tip. Work out your throat by popsicles. But yes, I am running a lot. Which brings me to my next point. Uh, I want to thank another one of our sponsors, Hygerna. They are one of the makers of the Plan B pill. And if you're having a crazy weekend coming up and St. Patrick's Day just happened, and I just want to say it made my St. Patrick's Day great. Thanks, Hygerna. Yeah, the only downside of the Hygerna is, you know, obviously they have to sleep over. If they leave the next morning, you're not able to apply the Hygerna to your lover. So if you're having a speed-fueled night of freaky sex, don't forget to have plenty of obnoxia. It's going to help her, you know, get to sleep and stay asleep. That way you can make her breakfast in bed in the morning and then slip her the Hygerna. Also, Hygerna has just released an orange-flavored Hygerna, which it's kind of weird, but I figured if I buy orange juice, I can put it in screwdrivers. I could put it in orange juice in the breakfast in the morning. It really... Mimosas? You can make mimosas. Hygerna Hygerna margaritas. Delicious. Get that Plan B up in them, and you can fill her up like gas is under a buck. Have you guys heard about that new birth control for the Hispanic market? It's called Deportia. If you think that you might have gotten your Hispanic lady pregnant, then you can just go fill out the forms, and before nine months are up, Deportia will do its duty, and it will take her out of the country. (laughs) Deportia. (laughs) Oh, John Holland back in the building, ladies and gentlemen. God, seriously, that's a groaner right there. John is supposed to be our straight man, just supposed to rein in our craziness. I and here we are. Take on this podcast. <laughs> John has a penchant for these fucking groaners out of nowhere. That's like got to be his new thing. Is he just like boom? Here we are doing our hydrant a commercial, you know, getting the duggets, and then John's just like boom, relevant racist joke hey that's that's not racist we're making cinco de mayo great again oh my god that chick is eyeing you in the corner sid what time is it i'm to wrap oh it up. no oh god dude i left my rubbers at home you got one bro dude here's i got the cellophane here let me pull this up in this room. just wrap this shit around <laughs> oh, there, bro yeah and do i put the balls in too because <laughs> i got a lot of room in this cellophane from your cigarette pack <laughs> you don't want AIDS, bro, and you don't want that shit on your balls or crabs, dude. Do it, do it. And then here's a lighter. Go ahead and seal it off. It's like you're like you're buying a bag of weed. All right, so Sid, where can we find you? Oh man, just hit me up on the Twitter, man. I'm always uh, tweeting about WWE supercards and um, you know just general shit at the Sid Meister. I'll follow you back if you don't look like you're a robot for porn. I get followed by a lot of those lately. I don't know why. My new video that's coming out, the top 10 cards that will never, ever get unbanned in modern. 
That'll be going up on YouTube pretty soon. That's right. I fucking, I did it. I came up with the idea on this show. I'm like, what's my video going to be about? I'm going to do a fucking top 10 list. I'm going to come up with a clever name for it too. And, be the change uh, you want to see in the world. If y'all like what was going on here tonight, and just like our man Jason Roskam, who is literally here with us on this show, you can also be part of what is arguably, and not very, I use that word loosely, the most entertaining hour in Magic the Gathering content. Go on over to patreon.com slash magic and hash, slide them duggets our way, so we can make this show even cooler, and we're going to try to get me to gp vegas so come hit us up at gp vegas we're gonna be repping magic and hash at the blunt suite we're gonna be partying and yeah uh john how do we find you bro uh well as always you can find me writing down license plate numbers for the people who don't have papers and uh something exciting that will mean only to sid and tim uh we did enter beta on friday so pretty soon you'll be able to cash me outside how about that yeah dude that's our new fraternity the fucking beta house uh, magic and hash beta house coming soon beta john since i apologized you are those flowers delivered mm, please can we get that going jason roscom project vcr is killing it man where can we find you well, before I say that, can I give a few shout-outs real quick? I want to give a shout-out to Sid's boy, Ryan Brommel. What up, what up? And then also uh, Jason Alt and Joe Firioni. however the hell you say his last name. Oh, Mr. Island Swamp, Joe Fiorini. Oh, oh, oh. Check out his articles. All three have unfriended and blocked me on Facebook, simply due to my political views. So, uh, way to be men, guys. Uh, if you ever want to talk about it face-to-face, I'm only 20 minutes from Philly. So, way to be men about it. Yo, uh, shout out, guys. Brian Rommel is an elusive sex panther. It's kind of like, you gotta capture him back in somehow. It's very hard, though. We, he's gone missing. Nobody's seen him in months. Understandable. Yeah, Project VCR, Roskam76 on Twitter. All I do is talk about politics on Twitter, so if you don't want to hear that, then don't fucking follow me. Keep an ear out for some other magic stuff I'm doing. So where do people download Project VCR? iTunes. We, we're starting to post our stuff on YouTube. You can just search Project VCR on YouTube. And pretty much any podcasting app. Somebody said they found us on uh, Podcast Addict, so we're just popping up everywhere. We're everywhere, fucker. Hit us up with all your inquiries at magicandhash at gmail.com. Magic underscore Timmy on Twitter. Tim Kempter on Facebook. Hit us up. We'll add you to our Facebook group. That's where all the craziness happens during the week. <laughs> Actually, I just waved my balls around. Thanks for getting blitz with us. Peace out. Hello. This is Emily Carter. Enjoy.
God, I saw this bitch posted a hey on your Facebook wall. Who the fuck is she? Making your financial life a living hell. Okay, if you want me to come see you, you have to pay for my gas money and my phone bills so that I can text all my friends while we're hanging out. Can't you see she's crazy and unhealthy too? Okay, I'm gonna fuck all your friends and tell you about it. And still take your picture while you're sleeping. <laughs> I'm just saying this because I care about you. Your girlfriend is a cunt. Your girlfriend is a cunt. Your girlfriend is a cunt.